0: For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Imagine with me for a moment. Imagine that I was a romantic husband. Uh, My wife may have a hard time imagining that, but imagine, just for the sake of humoring me. Uh, And early in our marriage, imagine uh, that that I, I set upon myself to get up really early uh, at, the, at the crack uh, of dawn to hike a local mountain, to hike up, to pick a rare flower and to hike back down and, and, and make Jen some coffee. And so that there, as she woke up on a Saturday morning, she would find next to her a, a, a steaming cup of coffee and this, this beautiful, single, rare flower from the top of the mountain in a vase. Right? Imaginary me is not so bad, huh? Um, but imagine over time that, uh, I mean, that starts to get a bit old, and that's a lot of work. And eventually, I want to sleep in on a Saturday, and so I find a local vendor just across the street who sells these rare flowers. And so so rather than getting up so early, I, I sort of hop out in the morning, I pick up a Starbucks, and I grab one of these flowers, still, you know, still pretty good, right? But. Uh, but, but a little different. N- now imagine over time. Then I start to go. Well, it doesn't really need to be that flower. It's pretty expensive. And instead, I, the, the vendor also sells carnations. And I decide, no, I'm just. Gonna, it's fine. I'll just get a carnation. And so then I'm buying carnations and, and bringing them in. And and then eventually I start to realize that a carnation looks a little like a dandelion. A dandelion is basically a flower. And so then we've got we got lots of dandelions, and I'll save us some money. And so then I start picking dandelions and. Um, and then eventually I find a service. Perhaps uh, I'm able to, to pay an Uber driver uh, to deliver dandelions on a Saturday morning and realize, hey, if I can get an Uber driver to deliver a dandelion on a Saturday morning, well, then, then I don't even need to be here on a Saturday morning. So then I take off all weekend. And uh, I take off for whole weekends at a time. And, and as long as the Uber driver is dropping off the dandelion, I'm good. And, and then I might start to wonder why Jen is so grumpy, perhaps, with me and why there's this tension and like, what's the matter? I'm giving you what you want. (laughs) And you can see the twist of the distortion going from something that's so heartfelt and genuine to to becoming just this ritualized exercise and then relying on the the ritualized symbol rather than what it originally intended in the first place. And, And I think that's kind of what's going on here in many ways with, with religion, where we take something that was originally a, a devotion of our heart and, and an expression of it, and then it becomes more about the expression and, and sort of a, like how little can we do in that expression to what was originally there. And um, We're gonna see that a little bit here this morning as we look at uh, the temple. In, uh, we were in Matthew chapter 21 uh, in verse 12. Uh, and Jesus entered the temple, um, and so the temple itself um, originally was the tabernacle. And so the people are wandering through the desert. They've just come out of exile or out of slavery in the the Exodus. Uh, they're wandering through the desert. And God blesses them with this tent. He says, create this tent uh, and the tabernacle. And it's gonna be a movable tent, and I'm gonna live there. And I'm gonna dwell, choose to dwell among you. And wherever you go, I am your God and you are my people. And I will bless you as I go with you. And so they had this tabernacle and it was or- ornate and there was lots to it. And they would bring it everywhere they went. And, uh, and there were all these these, these religious uh, um ceremonies about honoring God and His holiness and His presence, about offering sacrifices for forgiveness and celebrating His provision. Uh, and over time the, the they came into the promised land and, and God had Solomon build him a temple. And the temple was a, a permanent fixed tabernacle. And it was the place where God was going to dwell amongst His people and it was going to be uh, the city on a hill, a light to the nations. And so it was one of the wonders of the world Solomon's temple was this magnificent structure that that represented god's presence his being there and the the, the temple the temple became a sort of a central symbol of judaism itself god's presence it became the place of sacrifice daily sacrifice where where people could maintain that connection to god and receive forgiveness it became a place of political significance and it was always supposed to be a place for um, for all people, all nations to come and pray and encounter God. Um, the people eventually went astray. Uh, similarly, they saw the temple as just sort of this religious thing. We have to keep going. Uh, God's fine as long as we have sacrifices flowing. We can do whatever we want. And they kind of missed the point of the temple, and God brought judgment on them. The temple was destroyed, a huge deal in 587. This this magnificent temple was destroyed uh, by the Babylonians, Uh, and then a small one was rebuilt uh, years later by Zerubbabel, and then Nehemiah built the walls around it, and then Herod the Great started this this rebuilding campaign where they, they were trying to restore some of the um, original luster of Solomon's temple. Uh, he started it in 16, or 16 BC and finished it around 63 AD. So the temple was still actually kind of in construction, still building um, at the time of Jesus. So Jesus is going into this temple. And he drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold the pigeons, or sold pigeons. Um, So... um, other, other sort of John in particular gives a little more detail to this, where Jesus goes in and he's flipping tables and he's yelling and he actually makes a whip, which is crazy when you think about that because you don't just you don't just make a whip in a, in a moment. Jesus' anger and his frustration over what's going on in the temple has been building, and he actually sits down and he makes a whip to drive out the animals. So. Um, the original intent of the temple was that people were supposed to bring their animals, to bring their sacrifices from their homes, to choose a spotless lamb or a cow or or whatever, whatever for each sacrifice they were to bring it from home, it was to be theirs. And there was something about the giving of this thing for a sacrifice as a family that was supposed to really bring the the seriousness of sin to the forefront, the need for for forgiveness, uh, all those things. And so the animals were brought in all the way from from homes are brought into the temple now you can imagine that was quite an undertaking that was a lot of work and so someone at some point decided well why don't we just sell I mean we have to sacrifice a sheep or a pigeon or whatever it might be we got to sacrifice those here so why don't we just sell them we'll just have a, sort of a little zoo here in the temple and then rather than people bringing them from home we'll we'll give them the option that they can buy them here at the temple Uh, and so they did it and it sort of took off and, and rather than going through the motions of having to bring your own you could just yeah we'll just walk to the temple and buy one there which kind of missed part of the whole point of the sacrifice but then the priests the Sadducees those who who saw a financial opportunity see they had to inspect the sacrifice to make sure that it was spotless and they had a monopoly to say that any you know eventually any any sacrifice from home sacrifice they could say sorry no that's not good enough that's got a blemish you need to buy one of ours Uh, and then they would hike the prices absorbently hike the prices Um, it was said that uh, one archaeologist said that doves were selling for 20 times the temple doves were selling for 20 times the true market price it's like buying popcorn at a movie theater right they're not letting you bring your own in you have to buy it there Uh, and so they're selling these animals at crazy exorbitant rates and the only ones that are acceptable uh, as a sacrifice are the temple ones and so it's this racket that's extortion Um, not only that but, but people were buying them with Roman coins, and some of the priests said, wait, 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 hold on a second. You're bringing in coins with Caesar's image on them? That's not happening. And so they, they said, you need to buy things in the temple with temple money that doesn't have Rome's image on it. And so then they would set up these, these tax booths, these exchange booths, where you could exchange Roman currency for temple currency. That was acceptable within the temple. Um, but, of course, there was an exchange rate involved in that. That was highway robbery. And so they were, they were sort of getting it on, on, on both ends here, uh, both in the sale and also in the exchange of money. And it became this, this money-making venture. And, and you can see how far that's come from the original intent of the tabernacle, of, of God being with his people. And so Jesus is angry. Jesus is angry about what's going on. Uh, and verse 13 He said, It's written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes uh, saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never heard, Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Um, part of the regulation they brought into the temple was that cripples, lame, uh, were not, they were not allowed inside the temple. They were impure. And so they would sit on the, outside at the gates of the temple. But here we see maybe they're even going in, breaking temple customs, going into Jesus. And Jesus is showing himself greater than the temple because not only is he not defiled by them, but he's able to heal them. And so he's showing in that moment that he is greater than the temple itself. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. Uh, So it's a small sort of living parable of this idea of Jesus expecting to find fruit. He goes to the temple and he doesn't find fruit in people's lives. It just looks good on the outside, but there's no real fruit. And so he sees this fig tree and he curses it and it withers. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. Um, So first, the disciples missed the point of what Jesus is actually saying, um, as I think most of us would be. They were more shocked that this miracle that Jesus withered a fig tree Then focusing on what Jesus was actually saying, that the tree was showing a promise of fruit, but bearing none. It had leaves, but no fruit. Um, And he was showing that he was adverse to piety, like we saw in the temple, without any actual fruit. Um, and, And then... The healing, it's, or in the miracle itself, he talks about prayer once again. And, and we kind of mistake that sometimes to think that God will give us whatever we ask for. That's not what it is. Um, essentially, he's saying, as one, one commentator puts it, no task in harmony with God's will is impossible to perform to those who do not doubt. And So um, it's, it's faith in what God is wanting to do and our part in it, that what God wants to have happen will happen if we have faith and play our part in it. Um, and so we come back to the temple and what's going on in the temple, and them going through the motions, and then even twisting and, and using using those things as extortion. Um, they were kind of just going through the motions. It was supposed to be a place of worship, of prayer, of repentance, but it just became this religious duty. They felt like if they went through the motions, they could appease God, and that He'd be fine, and they could get on with their lives. And I think there's a temptation in all of us that over time, these things that initially start out as, as heartfelt expressions can become distorted if we're not careful and and the expression itself becomes the point rather than the heart that drove it like you know rare flowers turning into uber uber driven dandelions and so with us with our worship potentially when you come to church or as you sit down to read your bible or as you sit down uh, even in quiet to pray what is what is our heart are we just trying to go through the motions so we can get on with our way is it about the exercise itself but missing the point where Jesus wants to see fruit in our lives and not just the external, fruit in our lives? Is there sincerity in our worship or are we just checking boxes? Is there sincerity in our sacrifice, in our giving, or are we just trying to appease God? It's a challenge for us to you know, to to go back to our first love. And even if it means simplifying our expressions of worship and what that looks like in our lives and and, and decluttering some things in it, but getting back to the heart of of simply loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and expressing that in whatever way seems natural and true, that God delights in those things. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to see the areas that we have... um, perhaps dried up in our, in our love, in our devotion. Our hearts have grown hard and, and that we simply go through the motions because we think that's all you need. Help us instead to, um, to rekindle that fire that we have for you and, and what we do externally, the fruit that we have externally is an expression of what's going on um, in our love and devotion for you. Father, we thank you for your grace in these things and your patience with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, I hope you have a a great day, and uh, we'll see you again here in, in a bit. Take care.